Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Matthew from Pappies here. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Pappy's Flat Share Slam Down. A little quick thing before we begin. It's an interesting episode this month. We recorded it at the Underbelly Festival at, on the South Bank in London. And as you can hear, it was a very fun show. We had two great guests, Laura Lex and Tom Allen. The games were very fun. The audience were incredibly fun. However, very, very early on in the actual recording of the podcast, we did a little bit of preamble before that, but once we started recording the podcast, very, very early on, they gave us the red light at the back to suggest that we had run out of time for our allotted slot. And if you run out of time and you go over your time, you get fined. But we, well, you'll hear as the episode goes on, you'll hear we really, yeah, it was it was touch and go for us. Um, but uh, enjoy it. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, there's always the Twitter, there's uh, the Patreon as well, if you would like to um, support us in our ventures, uh, because, you know, time is money, and we're running out of time, as you can hear from this episode. Um, you can find us on Facebook, all the usual places, and if you are in or around Wales this weekend, then we are also going to be in or around Wales. We're going to be the Aberystwyth Comedy Festival doing Flatshare Slam Down at 3.15, so find all the details on our Twitter. I'm sure it's it's all there, at Pappy's Tweets. But most of all, sit back, relax, and take a little bit of time to enjoy this episode of Flatshare Slamdown. Tom Ben! What is it, Matthew? Yeah, what is it, baby? (laughs) Oh, thank you, baby. Uh, (laughs) Firstly, I love being called baby, so keep that up. Secondly, one of you two has got to chop all of this loose firewood. Well, listen, Matthew, it's not going to be me. No? I'm not going to chop the wood, let me tell you. I've got a terrible experience about that. A few years ago, someone sent me three tools that you use to chop down trees. One from Iraq, one from Iran, and one from North Korea. I thought, lovely, I'll put them up in my house. Those axes fell off the wall and killed three people. Turns out, it was the axes of evil. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's going back. It's, it takes us right back, doesn't it? Right, that's right back to 2002. It what, really, what a trip. It's great. Have you got any sex do- uh, document refs you want to be uh, dropping That's my nickname for your script. It is, actually. It's incredibly so. Clarky, what about you? Uh, well, normally, Matthew, you know me, I do a, a crass joke now about getting wood or... Yes. Get my chopper out or yes. drilling a, a hole in a piece of wood and fucking it. Um... <laughs> But, according to my uh, brother, I'm a, a libtard cuck. And so, so I can't fuck anything, let alone a piece of wood. Although it does beg the question, how much wood could a wood cuck fuck if a wood cuck could fuck wood? Well, there is... What's funny about that is that is exactly what your brother does call yeah, you, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Oh, he is alt. <laughs> uh, well, there's only one way to sell this. We're going to have to have a flash. Yes, 
sure this ends. I don't want to lose this good thing that I got. Because if I do, I will surely, surely lose a lot. Because your logs are better than any logs I know. They're like thunder, thunder. lightning, lightning. The axe you're holding is frightening. <laughs> you better chop some wood. <laughs> I'm host and I'm Matthew Crosby. We're live <laughs> at the Underbelly Festival here on London's Fashionable South Bank. As immortalised in the movie Last Chance Harvey. And uh, while they're under my roof, they'll be following my rules. Let's say hello to the tenants. It's Tom Parry and Benedict Clark. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, pals. Thanks for coming on the show, you guys. Great to have you back. Lovely to be here in a big yeah. tent. Thank you. It is a big tent, isn't yeah. it? It is a big tent. Now, obviously, you can't chop wood on your own. Who have you brought with you this week? Tom. Well, listen, Matthew, terrible news. The Jamboree is in danger. No way. Yeah, we were voted worst dressed experience of 2019. <laughs> uh, they're rating experiences and how well they're dressed. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we've got to sharpen up our act. We've got to look good. So I decided to bring in the most well-dressed man that I know. Mr. Fashion himself. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Allen. Oh, thank you, Tom. Thank you, you are too kind. True. Too kind. And I love a jamboree. I love a jamboree, so I don't know why I wasn't asked sooner. <laughs> that Bear Grylls always gets in there before does, me, doesn't he? The little Bear Grylls, famed for his jamborees. Famed, famed for, for his jamborees. Now, Mr. Fashion, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Please call me Tom Fashion. Tom, <laughs> Tom Fashion. T Fashion. T Fash. T Fash. T Fash. Hey, T Fash. I don't mind T Fash, actually. T Fash. Yeah. got a lot of time for T Fash. Yeah. T Fash, what kind of a flatmate are you? Are you a good flatmate? I'm tidy. I can I, believe that. I love to buff a tap. T Fash, buff is a tap. Love I love will it. buff your stainless steel till you can see your face in it. Uh, I love to clean a bathroom. I love to get into the nooks and crevices. I've heard that about you. I don't, I do, but I will, I will not stand for a mess. I will not stand for it, okay? But I think that's for everybody's good. Can I, <laughs> can I ask you, what, because it sounds like if you're getting into those nooks and, cre- uh, and crevices, yes, what sir. constitutes a mess? So what are you, like, what is your absolute, like, what will you, t- what will you tolerate? Well, nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, I You're one of the least tolerant people I know, in fact. That, that... <laughs> I've always thought I'm T-Fash. Yeah. T-Fascist. <laughs> That's what they call it. That's what they call me. Um, I don't like tea bags on the side of the sink. I don't mind a bit of a frying pan being left un- unwashed up. Just half of it. Just, I don't like it being there for too long. Fair enough. I won't stand for a, a, an ironing board uh, left up beyond its use. And... I don't like it when a dank sink is left undrained. Oh, that's, yeah. And don't get me started on leaving a, a, a cloth in that or a sponge in that dank water, which yeah. some people do do. I know what you mean. You sometimes you forget. You do the washing up and you come, come down the next morning and you're like, oh, there's a sort of weird film of pesto on water. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sort of orangey Such film. Such a washing up situation. That's, yeah. <laughs> Just wash up pesto jars. That's all I do. That's all you're doing. That's all I do. To put tea lights in. I, that's not a bad idea, actually. Not a bad idea if you're getting married. 
<laughs> not a bad idea not for anyway. Yeah, take it a sackler, pesto. Yeah. What, what a terrible wedding planner you would be. <laughs> Here's some pesto jars and some tea lights. Oh, God. T-Fash. T-Fash and his tea lights. The T-Fash wedding. Yeah. People are going to go for it. Post-Brexit. <laughs> Not enough pesto post Brexit, mate. Yeah, right. It's just no. going to be marmite. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Everyone wants a brown glow at their <laughs> wedding, don't they? That's what they're after. <laughs> but you just have a sort of weird brown glow over all the tables. It's it's very romantic. People tell me it's incredibly romantic. <laughs> at the weddings that I organise to pay my rent as part of the flat share. I've thought this whole character through. <laughs> Because he's nothing like this off stage. Um, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. Ben, who have you brought along with you this week? Well, I have brought my Magic the Gathering card-playing partner, (laughs) Laura Lex. No one thought he was going to finish that sentence. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Least of all Clarky there. Laura, thank you so much for being a guest on our show uh, this week. Now, you are a married person. Marmite at the wedding? No. Which, by the way, is one of Buster's <laughs> least famous songs. <laughs> um, what kind of a flatmate are you? I'm all right, as long as you don't mind listening to my opinions on how you live a lot. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is great. Give us... Like, I'll run the house quite nicely, but you'll hear about everything I've done, you know? Do you have That any... kind of passive-aggressive... What are the kind of key po- unpopular opinions you have? Oh, I don't know if I'm a twat or my husband is. Well, like... you know what? We'll Let's find out. That. <laughs> I said to him the other day, hey, like, this the fruit's going rotten. Let's eat it. Bless you. And, um, see, I'm friendly. And, um, and then he said, I'll take a banana to work and then just move that banana from the fruit bowl to the hall and then it's been there for four days now. He didn't say what day he was going to take it to work. No, he didn't, he didn't specify. I'll take it to work at some point over the next six months. I think I'm actually a really annoying housemate because I'm quite anal about some clean stuff but then I love gardening and I quite often just walk mud through the house and not really notice that so I think I'm a dick really. But... I'm sorry to have brought your self-esteem down so much. I've really paxmaned you here, haven't I? I've sort of weirdly boxed you into a corner and made you... Um, so we've met our contestants, but let's find out who's top of the chops as we play round one. I packed my axe last night, all right? <laughs> Got up early, 9 a.m. <laughs> Them twigs have gotta be dry. If I'm gonna use them. Oh, did it sing it? I need that wood so much, but it causes strife. Living in London's own three. Ain't got no tree <laughs> near me. <laughs> so I wander around looking for things to hack. It's lonely being an urban lumberjack. Adventure coffee table or wardrobe. I have no fear, cause I'm a chopping man. I'm going to Ikea. <laughs> no, he's not allowed to go to Ikea. <laughs> 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 
slow, isn't it? Slow you know song. What? Do you know what? And all joking aside, he is actually phenomenally talented, um, uh, Elton John, isn't he? <laughs> so round one is called Kindle Surprise. Uh, I'm going to give each player the title and back cover blurb from a book that I found in my local charity shop, and I would like them to give me three first lines from that novel, one of which will be real, the other two will be made up on the spot. Now, the opposite team has to detect for a point which one is the true work of literary genius. If they get it wrong, the point goes to the player. Ben, I'd like you to go first on this one, if that oh, is Jesus. okay with you. Your book is by your namesake, Ben. Ben Brown, Sand Steelers. War is one hell of a story. I'll read you a bit of the blurb from the back. Danny Lowenstein. Yes. I, Tom's making notes. You gave me a pen and paper, so I thought I should do you, something. You absolutely should. I just wrote Danny Lowenstein. <laughs> We've all written Danny Lowenstein. Yeah. Well. yeah. Tom and Tom are our stenographers for the uh, for the gig. Um, so Danny it's Lowenstein. Just in case I ever have a son, I'm going to call him Danny Lowenstein. You can't. It's got to be some, something with at least one of your surnames. <laughs> Danny Lowenstein Parry. Danny Lowenstein Parry. <laughs> I like it. Not yeah. bad. Have I got two surnames? What's the Lowenstein? the child will say to you and you'll say no one's going to fuck with you at school son (laughs) (laughs) pretty strong words for a child that's right because no one fucks with the Jews right Um, Danny Lowenstein is a big shot war correspondent with the world at his feet but when an interview goes wrong and he's ambushed on a lonely road in, a road in Iraq, questions are asked. Was it a setup? And was he deliberately sent to his death by one of his own, the tight-knit group of adrenaline-addicted journalists? Oh, come off it. <laughs> Who are supposed to be his best friends. Rachel, Becky, Caps and Edwin are the junkies. Together they've been through thick and thin and seen the horrors of war. Yet theirs is also a tangled web. turned into a sitcom. <laughs> Here's the kooky gang of friends. <laughs> Becky's here. Tony. They're all in a rack what it's like Seinfeld beats Bravo 2-0 <laughs> yet, uh, yet theirs is also a tangled web of intense relationships and dark rivalries could one of them be- have become Danny's killer so spoiler alert he dies so <laughs> there you go yes of course Yeah. did you just have to show Ben where the first line was I did listen <laughs> He told me not to read out the page. He's not tackled them before. (laughs) I didn't want to read about the ISBN number or something. Um, So, Clarky. Okay. Busy scribbling down the words, Danny Lowenstein. (laughs) We've all got Lowenstein etched into our minds. Clarky, three lines, please. Okay. To paraphrase Frank Skinner. (laughs) Being a thief can be hard. (laughs) I love it. But it depends on what you're stealing. Stealing sand is the hardest. (laughs) And already, I can feel this job slipping through my fingers. It's very strong, isn't it? Stealing sand is the hardest. Okay. Let's have another line from Ben Clark. The golden pen of Ben Clark. Or is it the golden pen of Ben Brown? Danny Lowenstein. (laughs) Did anyone make a note of what the main character was called? (laughs) Danny Lowenstein had a premonition he would die that day. Oh. Could be that, couldn't it? Full stop. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Hang on, it's full stop. No, no, I put full stop in. Oh, right, okay. That's... Yeah, that was me. It's just I did a really good impression of Clarky's. I was good, yeah, I know. I was just listening. I'm now Clarky. Doing a Courtney exit. Hola, Clarky. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <Get out. laughs> right. 
Let's have a third line from your naughty little face. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best of times. (laughs) It was the worst of times. (laughs) Lowenstein! She shouted from the other room. Come in here, you absolute toiler. Fucking hell. God, it's hard. Oh, it's good. It's strong. Uh, okay, Tom and Tom, talk us through your thought process. I immediately, in my head, said, rule out anyone that has Lowenstein in the first line. No, but... But now... If you come up with a character with a name like that... I mean, you've got to... You every stick, paragraph. You've got to stick the goods up front, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. You've got to put it in the shop window. Give the people what they want. <laughs> Danny Lowenstein. Danny Lowenstein. Danny Lowenstein, the Cockney journalist of Iraq. Are you tempted by stealing sand? It was so rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> it can't be. It can't be. It's rude to be mean about someone else's work, isn't it? But that was so rubbish. <laughs> the falling through your fingers thing. Well, ben Brown is not great. Ben Brown is... <laughs> what are your thoughts, John Perry? Is Ben Brown Darren's, Darren's brother? <gasps> or is it Dan Brown's brother? Who's of the Da Vinci Code? Oh, yeah, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go with number two? Um, da- Danny Lowenstein knew he would die that day. Yeah, that seems like the sort of thing somebody who wrote a book like that would start a book with. Your call. Oh, don't put me under that sort of pressure. <laughs> I've just moved in. <laughs> Come on, T-Fash. I've been cleaning the sink all day. Yeah, sorry, about, you that, sorry about that pesto. Yeah, um, so much pesto, I had to burn it all off with Marmite. <laughs> We're going to go with number two. Number two. Danny Lowenstein knew he would die that day. Can you read the correct line? Danny Lowenstein had a premonition he would die. Yeah! Well done. That was well played. I'm going to give, of course, a point there to Tom and Tom. Such strong work, though, from Clarkie. Well done, mate. You were were robbed. Uh, Okay, over to Tom Allen. Shit. (laughs) Now, your book... Uh, is called Love, Lies and Lemon Cake by Sue Watson. It's fun, <laughs> it's heartbreaking, and it's absolutely bloody hilarious. <laughs> My favourite kind of book. Now, can I tell you, this? you, you, can, you can have this afterwards if you like to, to read it, because it does sound very gripping. Faye Dobson has lost her sparkle. Of course oh, she has, poor old Dobbo. Fanny who? What's that? What's her name? Faye Dobson. Faye Dobson. Not, Not Fanny, Fanny anyone. anyone. No Fanny had lost its sparkle. Faye Dobson had lost her sparkle. <laughs> Living on film star fantasies and vague memories of a marriage that once was, she can't help feeling that life is passing her by. She dreams of being whisked to Paris for dinner, <laughs> making three wishes at the Trevi Fountain and having sex under the stars. That mm-hmm. sex under the stars written in bold quite aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> but the wrinkles are multiplying. Her husband's passion is for plumbing and the nearest you'll get to Rome is a takeaway pizza. So, when Faye meets Dan, the gorgeous Australian surfer guy working in the local deli, she can't help but wonder what it would be like to see the world. He's blonde, tanned, ten years younger, and bakes the most amazing lemon cake. (laughs) Unlike her husband, Dan actually listens to Faye. His smile makes her feel fizzy inside, and when he smiles, oh my God. But is Faye being silly? What would Dan see in someone like her? And even if he did have feelings for her, could she give everything up to be with him? It's a laugh out loud, bittersweet comedy about taking your life back before it's too late. Not my words, the words of whoever wrote this and didn't attribute it to anyone. So, 
There we go. Faye, Faye Dobson in uh, in uh, Sue Watson's Love, Lies and Lemon Cake. Now... Is that the first thing I think we should mention is the fact that Watson and... What's her name? Uh, Faye Dobson. Does sound a bit similar. Do you think it's sort of semi-autobiographical? I think it might be based on... Part that. memoir. Part memoir. Part dream. <laughs> okay. Now... Chapter one, film star fingers and fake bake. (laughs) (laughs) The rain dripped down the bathroom window. Oh, another Tuesday. Nice. That's not bad, actually. That's not bad. That's That's not bad at all. It's not bad. I'd read that book. I want you, he breathed, sliding his warm hand under my gown and slowly, sensuously, along my thigh. Do you do audiobooks? Because you should do audiobooks. Yeah. I'm doing them right now. No one's ever made a gown sexy before. A gown, yeah. (laughs) Usually associated with hospitals. (laughs) (laughs) What I liked about it was it was both quite sexy and also quite um, football scores on grandstand. (laughs) Something of that. (laughs) Sheffield Wednesday, nil. (laughs) (laughs) Of me just sitting there waiting for Big Brain to start. Oh, those days in the car, yeah, travelling back from Christine and Bob's. You don't know them. Anyway, I don't know why I said that. I'm saying Christine. Oh, not today. <laughs> not today. I can't be bothered to listen to his whining all over again. Okay. All very strong, yes, all very strong, very plausible. Let's face it, you've got a page turner in you. You really have, Tom. That sounds rude. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I made a finger, yeah. (laughs) Um, Ben and Laura, talk us through what you're thinking and feeling at the moment. I'm, I'm feeling very confused. I, all three of them seem very plausible. That's oh, not the right. second one, no. Okay, we, we rule out the second one. The second, no. The gown. That is Tom's idea of sexy heterosex in a kitchen. <laughs> 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 you no didn't pass, Tom. You didn't pass, I'm afraid. No, no one's using the word thigh and gown in any... <laughs> The third one, that was some good acting if it's that one. That's either Tom's played a bloody blinder or it's not that one. Yeah, he kind of paused, but I'm I'm leaning towards that one. He's a sly one, and now he's looking, not making eye contact. (laughs) He's doing a a real poker face. The first one was Rainy Tuesday. Yeah. That could be it, couldn't it? Oh, definitely. I don't know. I'm tempted by the third one, but maybe Me he's too. reeled me I'm, in I'm, with I'm his fri- acting. I'm feeling third as well. Yeah, let's go third. Let's go third. Yeah. You're going for the third one. Could you please read the true first line from Love, Lies and Lemon Cake by Sue Watson? Chapter one, film star fingers and fake bake. <laughs> I want you. Sue 
you're a bad, you're a bad novelist. I'll tell yeah. you the leaving right there. So. <laughs> I'll tell you now. It actually starts with her fantasizing about shagging Ryan Gosling whilst lying in the bath. So that's how the book starts. So that's where that comes from. Ooh, oh. Laura, we've all done it. We've all done it. <laughs> Tom's did back in. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I shouldn't be here, I said, admiring the way he held his glass and moved his hand around my body at the same time. It can't have been easy, like rubbing your head and patting your stomach in sync. Oh, Oh, very sexy. I have washing to do, I panted. (laughs) I can't a woman. Then I have to uh, clean the windows, and then I'm, oh, making the tea. Mm, he didn't care. He was too wrapped up in lust, as Twinkly eyes. This, this can't I'm be the podcast. This, this can't be the podcast. <laughs> it should be the podcast. It should be the podcast. Yes. I tell you what, I think the uh, the losers have to read my book and the winners get to read that one. <laughs> I was hoping for a juicier detail than that, but it looked like looked like Sue actually dragged that out for a bit longer than she needed to. Classic, classic Watson. No page turners involved. Uh, okay, so Laura, your turn is Sting's autobiography. <laughs> Broken music. A classic. It is a classic. Is that also Clarky's birthday present? That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell um, you. So, uh, there's no blurb on the back, but I'll tell you what Rolling Stone magazine said about Sting. What a fucking... No, it wasn't that. <laughs> Get out of the SD. No, okay. This remarkably candid memoir is meticulously composed and exquisitely detailed. Sting's gift for prose and reverence for language, nearly equal of his musical gifts, shine on every page. Even when broken music addresses the quixotic lifestyle of an aspiring rock and roller, it reads like literature from a more rarefied time, when adults didn't condescend to the vulgarities of pop culture. So, it's highbrow. Sue Watson did. (laughs) I'm going to give you the book here. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Are you a fan of Sting, Laura? Um, No, but I believe he is in the tale. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Why didn't he call it that? Yeah, that's true. We might find out in the opening line. No spoilers. Oh, dear. All right. Hello, Sting. Who knew? Um... (laughs) Yeah, the first place you should photograph him nude. (laughs) Okay. I'm so excited. (laughs) Was that that the first line? (laughs) Right. Eight hours later, the chafe was really setting in. I ran my hand along her thigh under the gown. That's number one. That's that tantric. The chafe. The chafe was setting in. By the way, are you a fan of the chafe with Bradley Walsh? <laughs> Paul Sinhar's my favourite chafer. <laughs> it is a winter's night in Rio de Janeiro, 1987. It is raining and the boulevard in front of the Copacabana Hotel (laughs) is not pronounced like that. (laughs) Is deserted. That's number two. Okay. Number three. It is a truth universally acknowledged (laughs) that a single man in possession of nimble fingers must be in want of an instrument. Oh, he would do Nice work. Ball, that two, the last two were out of the bag. Okay. He's, so such, a, he's such an arsehole, isn't he? He'd write either of those. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry, hey. Fields of gold. Not Did people you. not like Sting? 
<laughs> I like him. Hey, Clarky, Clarky likes him. He's a fan of his music. Well, let's let's find out. He's a bit of an arsehole, but I'm a fan of his music. He's a little po face, I think, is what what we've established. Um, Um, But which of those lines was written by. But he's a fan of the podcast. He loves the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for for joining the Patreon, but come on, mate. $2 a month. Um, (laughs) You're making a bit of coin. Tom and Tom, what are you thinking about Sting and what do you think about Laura's three lines? Oh, I thought the third one was especially great. Yeah. The Rio de Janeiro one. I thought 1987. It, I, what year was it? 1987. 1997. 87. 87. The year he was born. <laughs> the, but the third one I thought was so great because it was the sort of thing that he would write. It was... Yeah. It was suitably pompous. Yeah. Emulating Jane Austen. Yeah. You know, in the way that he kind of likes, like, Quentin right. Crisp and okay, stuff. Okay, let's should we go for it. Let's go for number three. Let's go for number three. I think it's number three. Would you read the first line, please, Laura Lex? It is a winter's night in Rio oh. de Janeiro in 1987. So the point goes to Laura. I'm afraid no points to Tom and Tom. So good. It is good. Now, Tom Parry, it's your turn. And I couldn't, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw this in the charity shop. Rogue Lawyer by John Grisham. Sometimes you have to fight dirty to get clean. Uh, okay, so I've got a feeling they're going to be some really long first lines. <laughs> Sebastian Rudd takes the cases no one else wants. The drug-addled punk accused of murdering two little girls. A crime lord on death row. A homeowner accused of shooting at a SWAT team. <laughs> Love it. Come on, Rudd, you dirty bastard. Let's do it. Fight our SWAT team. Get off my fucking lawn. Blah, 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 blah. My house, my rules. Blah, 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 blah. blah. It was dark. I was going to the toilet. I didn't know they were all being there. I love that your status as to whether you rent or own is important if you shoot up a SWAT team. I am a homeowner. That's okay. Check it up with the bank. Rudd believes that every person accused of a crime is entitled to a fair trial, even if he has to cheat to get one. He antagonises people from both sides of the law, and his last office was firebombed. Yes. Oh, God, no, I found that funny. <laughs> I'll tell you my, fa- my favourite comedy show at the moment, the news. Um, his, uh, his last office was firebombed either by drug dealers or cops. He doesn't know or care which. <laughs> Firebomb's a firebomb. Yeah, exactly. You were all arseholes to me. But things are about to get even more complicated for Sebastian. Oh, my God. This is a name you're going to enjoy. Arch Swanger. <laughs> I mean, I'd love it. That's five swangers out of five for that one. Um, Arch Swanger. Arch Swanger is the prime suspect in the abduction and presumed murder of a 21-year-old Juliana Kemp, the daughter of assistant chief of police. When Swanger asked Sebastian to represent him, he let Sebastian in on a terrible secret, one that will threaten everything Sebastian holds dear. Wowie. Arch Swanger. Arch Swanger. So, Rogue Lawyer, there's your book. Beautiful. Tom, 
Could we have three lions, please? <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait for this. Ladies and gentlemen, after jury. Forgive me my tardiness, but I had myself a hearty lunch. <laughs> my name is Mr. Sebastian Rudd. Full stop. Very good. Full stop. Very good, John. Okay, believable, plausible first line from, from Tom, from John. Um, what's the second one? You ain't gonna meet many lawyers whose office is a phone booth. <laughs> and whose waiting room is a roadside cafe. But I guess I'm not an ordinary lawyer. My name <laughs> is Sebastian Rudd. Okay. Full stop. Full stop. Full stop. My apologies. Uh, let's hear the third and final line from Rogue Lawyer. My name is Sebastian Rudd. Though I'm a well-known lawyer, you'll not see my name on billboards, on bus benches, or in the yellow pages. Full stop. Full stop. Very, very strong. Very, very strong uh, three lines there. All intensely believable, all too believable. But the, I mean, the man has studied the character. He's lived it. What are we thinking, Laura and Ben? Jesus creepers. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. I want to rule out the first one. Is it set in America? <laughs> What a twist in the tale if it weren't. Well, just do they have yellow pages there, I was wondered, my question. I wondered if they have yellow pages. Oh. I would like them... They do. They do. <gasps> Thanks, audience. Thanks, <laughs> I quite liked the middle one, but we were wrong last time, so now I don't trust us. I like the middle one. Yeah, me too. I've, Should we just have that one and have a nice yeah, time? Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think if he, if he did it, he deserves the He's point. He did a little eye flicking up. He was really looking a different way on the last one. I'm going to I'm gonna have to hurry you because I think is that, is that red line mean we've run out of time? Because I mean, we're on round one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I literally don't know what to say. It's quarter past. We, we've got 75 minutes. We can cram the last half of the show into 15. <laughs> there's, um, there's four rounds. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just that we were having so much fun and you just run such a nice venue here, guys. I, reading I love that you're um, talking to the red light. I'm talking to the red light. Is it? <laughs> Sauron, please. <laughs> Please, London Eye, let us remain. Well, we'll, let go, us remain. we'll go middle one then for expedience. Okay, yeah. which one, which one are you one. going for? Which one? The phone booth in a cafe. Yeah. The phone booth, oh yeah, the, the, the office in a phone booth. Uh, let's hear the first line, please. My name is Sebastian Rudd, and though I'm a well-known lawyer, oh. you'll not see my name on yeah. billboards, on bus benches, or in the yellow pages. I'm on CFAX. <laughs> So Tom Parry gets the point there. 
at the end of that show, by which I mean round. It's a lock-in, guys. Um, <laughs> Tie yourselves to your seats. They're going to have to throw us out. At the end of that round... Um, Tom and Tom on three, and Birthday Ben and Laura on one. Okay, so Tom and Tom are in the lead, but Ben and Laura aren't quite for the chop just yet. There's still everything to play for as we hurtle quick as we can. <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's a round two. It's flat games. where this time we'll be playing our version of Red Dead Redemption, which we're calling Red Dead Remention. Here's how it works. Each team has two minutes, and it really has to be two minutes, uh, to list as many things that are red or dead as they can. Player one says something red. Player two then says something dead. Then player one has to re-mention both those things and make a connection between the two of them. Okay? So if player one said blood and player two said Dracula... Um, uh, there's got, sorry, that's a bad example. There's going to be a. Um, if player one said the light that they've just flashed at us, yes. And player two said our chances of finishing the show tonight. There is absolutely no connection to those two things. <laughs> the opposite team could challenge if they don't agree with the connection. One point for each red or dead thing. Two points for each successful connection. Is somebody keeping scores? I feel like we've got our producers just panicking over there that we've been told to. Okay, somebody's keeping scores. Good. Uh, oh my god, feels. It's good to be alive. Um, <laughs> fucking hell, how did we play a round that lasted 45 minutes? It's just, it's just our love of literature, really, isn't it? It's all right. The final round's quick fire, so that goes quite well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. So, Ben and Laura, you guys are up first. You have two minutes. And if you'd like to challenge, guys, you can, of course, challenge, and I will either allow or disallow the challenge. Your time starts now. Lips. Bacon. <laughs> uh, I eat bacon with my lips. <laughs> well, hang uh, on, do you? Do you? Well, I mean, you, you eat know, bacon with your lips, do you? Stuck I'm, on I'm, bacon. I'm, 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 oh, God. <laughs> Listen, you know he's got no teeth. Don't take the piss out of him. Overruled. Wow. The Labour Party. Is that the red thing or the dead thing? Oh. That's right. Uh, Hitler. <laughs> Oh, he was the founding member of the Labour Party. <laughs> I'm going to allow it. Yeah. Um, uh, a poppy. Princess Diana. Um, you know, keep, keeping it light over there, aren't we? Uh, they're, both, they're both commemorated in a nice yeah, way. Lovely stuff. Nice, lovely. Right. Right. Oh, please flash the light in. <laughs> Books. Books. Oh, oh. nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thora Heard. Oh, I, no. I wrote Thora Heard's autobiography. Oh. What was the first line? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got time for this. Uh, that was the first line. <laughs> uh, nail varnish. All of my pets. <laughs> uh, you famously put nail varnish on your pets' claws. That's what killed them. <laughs> um, my heart. Elvis. Um, I donated my original heart to Elvis to try and bring him back to life, but it didn't work. Um, the, the sun during the sunset. Um, <laughs> How have you run out of red things already, Kaki? There's a red tablecloth in front of you, for God's sake. The planet Earth in about 40 years. Oh, uh, both dying stars. No. That's all the time we've got, I'm afraid. Yes. I mean, I mean the I'm, Earth isn't a star. It is while you're on it. The Earth is not a star. It's I'm going to get, I'll give you the point for that. How do they score for that round, uh, guys? Do we know? 28. 28? Oh, my God. Yes, please. No idea how they managed that, but they did it. Tom and Tom, to level the playing field, I'm going to ask you to play Green, a library mention. So it's green things, people who are alive. Your two minutes starts now. Leaves. The Queen. The Queen loves leaves, baby. Hang on, what Queen? Uh, the current queen. She's not dead. She's no, alive. No, no, green, alive. green alive. Green alive. That's an incorrect challenge. That's one point. Yes. <laughs> to the other team. That's how you get up to that 28. Green peppers. Uh, John Major, our former prime minister. <laughs> Was prime minister during the time that green peppers were used in the show. Uh, really steady. <laughs> Lovely. Um, environmental policy. Oh. <laughs> oh, he hates himself. Uh, Emma Watson. <laughs> Emma Watson hates environmental policy. True. She uses single-use plastics all through her day. <laughs> but only once. But only yes. once. Yeah. How many times did she use? Cross. <laughs> Lenny Henry. Lenny Henry I, uh, uh, looks out at the grass in Stratford when he's performing at the RSC. There's a lovely during green. during the show. Uh, no, from his dressing room. Ah. <laughs> That's lovely. The traffic light saying "Go, baby, go." Imelda Staunton. <laughs> it's great to have on the show. <laughs> Imelda Staunton is colourblind. 
So, refuses to stop at traffic lights. <laughs> It's a good fact. It's a good it's fact. It's not a bad fact. It's a strong fact. Spread it around. Um, an underripe tomato. Um, the, the former England cricket batsman, Kevin Peterson. Oh, loved um, cheese and tomato sandwiches during tea time when he was playing cricket. Well, in fact about him. He did. Um, my shirt. Oh, and, and uh, the ex-leader of the Labour Party, Neil Kinnock. Oh! <laughs> Neil Kinnock's dead, isn't he? No. Kinnock's not dead. Kinnock's not dead. He's in. What a way to find out. He's a European commissioner for a long time. He's here tonight. Kinnock's not dead, is he? No. 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 Guys, breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) I bought this shirt when I saw former Labour leader Neil Kinnock's son wearing it in one of his press conferences. That's your time. Oh. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> That's not really how time works in, he, in these kind of oh, games. But yes, go on. Yes, yeah, yeah. Let you finish. Where he was advocating just how alive his father was. <laughs> Very important speech, that. Very powerful speech. <laughs> Producer Emma, how do they do at the end of that? If we're allowing that last one, twenty-nine. Wow. Twenty-nine. Okay, all right. Well, speaking of red and dead, grab your tenderizing hammers. It's time to give the justice system a right good wallop. It's Beef Brothers. We ask our panelists to sort our flat share based people by talking fast. And tonight's one comes from Matt, who is in the audience. Matt, are you there? Hello. Hi, Matt. Matt writes. Pick my... up the pace, Matt. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> My flatmate left a dead pigeon on his windowsill for three weeks. Okay. Now, Ben and Laura, you are on Matt's side. Tom and Tom. Of we are. You're you are... fucking right, we are. <laughs> Tom and Tom, you are on the side of the flatmate. Now, does the flatmate have a name? He does. It's Will. It's Will. Right and there. is Will here? He is. He's here. Fantastic. Oh! Will is here. Um, okay. So, uh, Great. Tom and Tom, you are on Will's side. Matt, uh, you are being supported by Laura and Ben. Time for a cross-examination. I mean, there isn't, but there's time for a cross-examination. Uh, any questions for either Matt? We'll start with Matt, and then we'll move on to Will. It's on the windowsill. Yep. Inside or out? <laughs> Outside. 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 It's not a murder investigation. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if it was, Sebastian Rudd. Was it a pigeon that you knew? Or? Not, not personally. Not a friend of the fam? Could be. Well, he's dead now, so no. OK. Any questions from Tom and Tom? Well... It's very fitting that someone who respects the dead is called Will. And he was just... (laughs) That is conjecture now. Have you got any questions for for Tom, uh, for for Matt or for Will? Matt, do you hate animals? No. You don't think they're equal to human beings? No. Do you have contempt for uh, our winged brothers and sisters? No. Do you think animals and humans are equal? Yes. And yet you think it's ridiculous that this man... Would honour the memory of a pigeon by. That is not. Again, that is good. I'm just asking some questions. You are not asking questions. Just asking some questions. Tom, you've got to take your nan off the windowsill, mate. It's not not honouring a memory. It's what she wanted. (laughs) Until that will gets written. (laughs) (laughs) Write your will. She's still alive. (laughs) Write your will or she's not coming in. T-Fash, you got any questions for, for Matt or Will? Um, Will, you left the pigeon out, is that correct? Yeah. Um, you... Oh, I love how brave it is. Yeah, what yeah. it makes with it. Yeah. Uh, what a, you love you love animals. Yeah. 
Um, Will, when you say yes, don't shake your head. Just to be careful when you're in court, all right? You, <laughs> have you ever killed an animal? No. Have you ever eaten an animal? Definitely. Have, have you eaten a pigeon? Yes. Not that one. <laughs> no one said that one, mate. Very quick to be like, not that one. Okay. Okay, I think that is enough. Hopefully that's enough information for our teams to make their cases. Oh, can I ask? I've got a question. You've got one more question, of course, Tom. <laughs> Did everyone just hear me burp? Yes. Right, okay, so no, that's, not question, that's not the question. That's not the question. That's not how you get people's attention. <laughs> I got so, so excited about my question. <laughs> um, what happened after three weeks? I pried it off the windowsill oh. with a pencil. With a pencil? <laughs> Downstairs or an upstairs window? Third floor flat. Third Did you pry it into the street below? A garden. The garden. Our garden. Is it true that you have always been worried about the rat problem in your area and you thought, <laughs> like, throwing a pigeon off the windowsill like that would just be like, you know, a buffet for them? Exactly. For the rats. It's for the environment. Yes. The environment. Decom- it decomposes, it puts nutrients back into the sill. <laughs> the, the, the nutrients go into the sill, the sill will then grow, plants. Again, again, this circle is, of life. This is conjecture. We're going to ask we, I think that's enough. Uh, I, we can see the red light, guys. Um, oh, the red light! I don't know what else to do. Um, so that is enough information for our team to make their cases. Without further ado, I call upon Laura Lex to begin her case for the prosecution. You have two seconds. Right. So last year, a pigeon flew into my water butt on my allotment and died, and I couldn't sort it out quick enough, and it was the heat wave, and so I basically slow broiled it for a few weeks, and then three weeks later, some pigeon parents moved onto my balcony. And I felt so guilty about their dead family member that I let them breed on the balcony. And but long anyway, a year later, I'm up to my knees in pigeon shit because uh, they they live there now. That's their territory. So you have brought down a pigeon curse on your housemate because all the pigeons flying by will be like, oh, what's this? A warning to all the other pigeons in the area. We need to club together and get this house. And before you know it, you'll go home tonight and you won't live there anymore. It'll just be pigeons, and they're not house friendly. They don't buff taps, and you will have to move out. And it. It'll be your fault, Will. <laughs> Thank you very much. Laura Lex. <laughs> T-Fash, your minute begins now. We've all done it. You've killed something. You don't know what to do with it. You don't want to keep it in the house. You put it on your windowsill. <laughs> Same reason people do it with geraniums. When they're dead, you have to put them on the windowsill. Uh, it's a totally legitimate thing that Will has done here. The pigeon is dead. He doesn't have the implements to deal with it. He knows if he tosses it into the garden below, it will be nommed on by rats who will tell their ratty friends who will bring the plague. He has no... Am I doing this right? Yes. Um, He has no alternative. What is he supposed to do? Bring the dead rat into his room? Swallow it? I mean, dead pigeon, I mean. Uh, Burn it on his own stove? Ten seconds, please. Throw it in the food composting waste? No. You leave it there to dry like a raisin, a pigeon raisin, in the sun. And then when the time is right, when the good Lord determines, you get your HP. (laughs) And you jam it. then, Then you jam it in to the below. Tom Allen, everybody.
Jam it into the balloon. Jam it into the balloon. I'd normally ask how, how you think it's going so far. We simply don't have time. Ben, you have Hello. a minute to begin your, to conclude the case for the prosecution. Your time begins now. It's very simple, guys. What separates us from the animals is burial. A- animals don't bury themselves or each other. Pigeons can't. Because of their wings. What? Moles do. Moles do. That's, yeah, that's it, Ben. Caterpillars, moles. I bet ants do. Ants. Oh, my badgers. <laughs> my case is falling apart here. Badgering the witness. Badgering the witness. Very good. Very strong. Very, 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 very good. That's 38 points to the audience. Dolphins do see burials. Clarky, carry on, mate. You've still got 20 seconds. Oh, basically, Will exhibits all the traits of a, of a serial killer. Yeah. Um, cl- clearly, he, he loves death. He wants to keep it close. I think he should be locked out of the house on a, on a windowsill. I think he's committed a sin, and he should, uh, uh, from now on, be called Sibdo Will. <laughs> I didn't mind that at all. It says more about me than it does about the joke. So, finally, Tom, uh, are you going to be doing this as yourself? No, I'm going to be doing it in the style of a John Grisham Deep South Defence rogue lawyer who goes by the name of Fanshawe Standard. Fanshawe Standard, presiding and providing. Your minute, should you need it, begins now. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. (laughs) Sorry, I'm late getting here. Had a hearty lunch there. I had to meet up with my nephew, Sebastian. He'll be doing work experience with me next week. Hell, <laughs> quick story now. Red light, sun setting, right time for a story. We, we said, hell, I'm just getting warmed up. It's not going off this time. Just stay on. Well, it probably ain't time for it, but I was going to tell you the story of, of a man who went by the name of Tony. You probably remember him now. Had a little pony. <laughs> the pony died, and he, he put it on his shoulders for four years. You remember that? You remember that? Now, looking back now, he had his issues, things were going on. No man should carry a pony on his shoulders for four years. That was Tony. <laughs> Hell. People need stories in this day and age, ladies and gentlemen. Mythology, history, people with ponies on their shoulders. Look in the mirror tonight when you get home and say something to yourself. You the kind of person that puts a pony in the ground? Or are you the kind of person who wears it around? No further questions, Your Honor. Fanshawe, stand in there. Now, I, I can't adjudicate Beef Brothers myself because we don't have the time. So instead, I'm handing that responsibility to our underbelly audience. So if you, if you think Laura and Ben, and therefore uh, Matt is in the right, I'd like you to applaud now. But if you think Tom and our very own rogue lawyer, Fanshawe Standen, made the best case, and, and you think Will is in the right with the dead pigeon on the, the windowsill, I'd like you to applaud now. Sorry, Max. The mob has spoken. Um, now, what we're going to do now is we're not going to do the quick fire round jingle, obviously. Because, I mean, I 
tell you what, do you want to all just give us the money that we're going to be clearly going to be fined? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, we, it, we'll, we'll put it in the podcast. But we, so this is for our, our, our listeners at home. But um, the joke this week is it, it goes on for a long time. <laughs> This is the quick fire round. It's the round that goes really quickly, which is why it's quite unusual that it has a long introduction. Ooh, it takes a while. It has a long introduction. That just keeps going on This introduction It's taken up quite a long time Of our life When you look back down the years It eats into our days It eats into our afternoons Me and Clarky sat here just recording quite a long introduction. Ooh, this is our life. It's a long introduction. In fact, before we pressed play, I genuinely got a wave of emotion about the last time that we played golf. It was about two years ago. <laughs> Me and Clarky used to play golf all the time. We were really good at golf. Ooh, that's not true. We were really bad at golf. And Clarky was really, really bad. But we don't play anymore. Instead, we sing this intro. And you guys listen and think back to other things you used to do. You used to play table tennis. Ooh, it's like tennis but smaller. You used to knit hats for your friends down the park. <laughs> but this day and age, we don't do things anymore. We just sit and listen to this really long, long introduction. Ooh, it's a sad state of affairs. Which is why we're going to change that now. We're going to be like, why don't you? Do you remember that? Switch off your TV set and do something less boring instead. Stop listening to this intro. Pick up your golf clubs and use those golf clubs to knit a hat. Smash your podcast player, rip off your headphones and run to the park. And then realise the park is scary. Get back home and listen to our quick fire round. Imagine you just heard the quick fire round jingle. Hang on, hang on. It never ever gets that reaction. People will definitely know that's been faked. They'll spot that a mile away. In this quick fire round, we let you give each answer as if you're a lumberjack felling a tree. So if I said Frank Sinatra is a famous what, I'd like you to shout, Singer! 
and then make the noise of a tree falling down. <laughs> Instead of buzzers, I'd like you to shout your first name. So Ben and Laura, let's hear that now. Ben. Laura. Thank you. Tom and Tom. 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 Which okay. one's which? Uh, we don't we'll never know. Uh, would you like me to call, call myself T-Fash? Yes, please. Okay. Do you want me to call me T-Paz? T-Fash. Okay, our quickfire round begins now. What is the name of the young cub who just can't wait to be Lion King? Ben. Ben. Simba! Is correct. Which dating app apparently gets 1.6 billion swipes? T-Fash. Laura. Tinder! Tinder is correct. According to Game of Thrones, what is coming? Ben. Winter! <laughs> no, it's actually me when I watch the nudity. Um, yes, it's the, correct, uh, the correct answer is, is, of course, Winter. Complete the names of the Spice Girls. Baby, Sporty, Scary... Laura! Laura. Ginger! Ginger! Which Big Brother contestant was famous for pleasuring herself with a bottle? Laura? Laura? Kinger! It's Kinger! Big fan in. Last name... Is she Is she doing it right now? <laughs> Last name Gates, give me the foot the first name of the former general manager of Microsoft. Tfash. Tfash. Microsoft? Yes. Former, <laughs> former general manager of Microsoft. Surname Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates. <laughs> it's his wife Melinda, obviously. Um, oh, I did not know that. Yes, yes, you bloody oh, sexist. I, yeah, but I oh, you sexist. <laughs> Absolute sexist you all are. Oh, what, a woman Gates. can't have a job like that. Oh. Manager as well. Former general manager. She got, you know, to oh. make good. Um, this song was a 1993 hit for the Cranberries. Tom Fee, T-Fash. T-Fash. You have to let it. What position did David Ginola play? Laura. David Ginola, yes. Footballer! I'll give you half a point. What position did he play? T-Fash. T-Fash. Defender! Laura. Who tutored the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Laura! Tom. Oh, yeah. Laura, I think, was yeah, just faster. Splinter! Splinter! Uh, uh, one of the birds of the feather, last name Robson, first name... T-Fash. T-Fash. Linda! And finally, complete this T.S. Eliot quote, not with a bang, but with a... Tom. Wimper! And that's exactly how we're ending this round! So, before we find out the final scores, Laura and Tom are both fantastic comedians. Do go and see them. If you ever see them coming to your town, do go and see them. They're both fantastic. Producer Emma, let's find out what the final scores are. Okay. Well, one team has 36. Yes. The other 36 and a half. Oh! Wow! Whoa! But it doesn't matter because the audience got 38. Oh, that's Tell us who got the who got the highest score though. The half went the, to Laura and Ben. Yeah. Oh. So Tom and Tom get to chop the words with Laura and Ben, while the audience get to see mine in the sorter. Thanks to our guests, Laura Lex and Tom Allen. We've been Pappies. See you next time on Pappies. Now, Pappies, 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 Please be upstanding for sitting, if that's your fashion.
Or indeed, or lying down if you prefer. Take a knee if you if you wish. If you wish, but no rules here. No rules and no judgment. The rules no are rules. there are no rules. No judgment and also the first rule isn't a rule because there are none yeah. of them. The first rule is a, it's a rule that's meant to be broken. Check yeah. Some, yeah. some <laughs> rules. <laughs> there are some rules. Anyway, you get anyway, the gist. guys, you, you get, get you get, get the, the gist. gist. It is the Neighbourhood Watch. Neighbourhood Watch. Roll He's the opposite of thick. It's Phil Tredenick. He's skulking around in the dark. It's Mark. Oh. I used to go to school with a guy called Peter Sharrington. And I'll tell that anecdote <laughs> the next time I meet David Carrington. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, please don't give her any flack. It's Carolyn Black. <laughs> he truly is... He's painting himself into a corner. He's painting himself into a corner. But let's see. I mean, he truly... <laughs> he truly is. Just start the sentence. The rhyme will come. He truly is my wonderful friend. Friend. Oh, no. Clarky. It didn't come at all. Clarky. Clarky. That was terrible advice. I think, I, I think I've slagged you off one too many times. <laughs> that's, that's come back to haunt me there. <laughs> I, I truly am. Okay, well, I've done it again. <laughs> That's not better to say I truly it's still, am. It's still true. You are, though. You can't deny it. Truly, truly, guys, I, listen, truly. listeners, you can't deny it. He truly is. Can I just say? Yeah, I he, truly he am, He truly guys. is, guys. Let's be truthful for a second. And listen, all those reviews that may come in that say he isn't, let's, let's stop those, okay? Because he truly is. He truly is. He truly is. <laughs> Waiting... Through my fishing pond. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh dear. I've got a I've, pond that you fish in. The wheels have come off, guys. <laughs> it's James Diamond. James Diamond. <laughs> James Diamond. He truly is in that fishing pond. Truly he is. truly is. He truly is, and I truly am as well. And I'll tell that <laughs> anecdote the next time I see David Carrington. <laughs> Listen. I used to go to school, as you well know, oh, with Peter did. Sharrington. I cannot stress that enough. The evidence is there. <laughs> Go back to the school. Fo- if you look at the school records, Sharrington is definitely there. He's in full effect. Oh, yes. Can I just say, he truly is. Uh, he, he, truly he truly is, is. Truly Peter is. Sharrington. And if you don't believe me, then ask Sam Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I tried to tell that story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To my friend. Oh. And he just, he simply wouldn't be told. No. Oh, no. Who was that friend? Who was that that Peter Sharrington? That is classic John Mould. Oh, vintage. (laughs) He truly is. He truly truly is. Can I just say now? (laughs) He truly is. Please be honest, guys. He truly is. Please be truly. Something (laughs) of a sticky wicket. (laughs) He's back. Crosby's back on form.
He's John Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't mind telling you guys, but back in the good old school days... Oh, yeah. I'd often do with phys- physical education <laughs> yeah. with my good friend, Peter Sharrington. Shazza! Oh, P. Shaz, a mean badminton player. And after we'd been playing, to the showers we would go. Oh, and to I the don't mind telling Shazza you, in the Shazza. Shazza in the shower. <laughs> and I don't mind telling you, we'd happily share a soap. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but I'll tell you who wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Not oh, yeah. for love nor money. Who's this? Hanging on to their bloody shower gel like it, like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> You've gone quite far away from that rhyme, haven't you? <laughs> it's Adam Hope. Share a soap. <laughs> Share a soap. Share a soap, Adam. Come on, for goodness sake. Now. Oh, no. Oh what is God. it? Truly. He truly is. And she she, she truly. best, mate. She truly doesn't give it away for free. That, it's Catherine McGee. That's what Sharrington told me. He said at the at the prom. At the prom. At the, at the prom. <laughs> McGee was there. McGee was there. Not giving it away for free. I tell you, it was at the uh, at the prom. Oh yeah. Oh. And uh, <laughs> he was he was messing around. What? Yes. Yeah. He was playing the fool. Oh. If I had to sum it up in a word. Oh yeah. I'd say he was larking. Oh. oh. No. It was Peter. Sharrington's. <laughs> he's a, cl- he's a classic Peter guy. Peter Sharrington was Peter Sharrington. But stood next to him oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. was Jim Parkin. Oh. Straight, as a, straight, straight 180, straight as a die. Loved him. Always in, a, always in his shadow. <laughs> always in the shadow, the shadow of Sharrington. That concludes this week's... We've been told that that concludes this week's Patreon. I mean, we were enjoying ourselves, but apparently you weren't. So here we go. That's the end. Of this week's Patreon Watch. Neighbourhood Watch. Show me the money. Uh, <laughs> show me the charity. <laughs> Roll call! Just, just off the record. Yeah, come on. Is Sharrington donated? He's not into it. <laughs> he said podcasts on his thing. Classic Sharrington. He likes blogs. He likes blogs. <laughs> you got to pick a side, guys. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.